0: You're listening to Spinning Around with Haile Minogue on Area 3000. That was awesome. Thanks so much to Matka for taking us into the night with that smashing hour of cold hard tracks. It's Spinning Around on A3K and as always, thank you folks for tuning in. The biggest thank yous, of course, go to Paul and Elusa Mosa though because they support me via Patreon with real money. You two are the best. Love you both. Let's dig in, shall we? My final guest is a Sydney-based DJ, fellow Area 3000 radio host, and let me just read what he's given me here uh powerful omnipotent almighty giga chad boyfriend at new groundbreaking hard dance and high energy underground community minded australian electronic music label meganesia coming off the back of releasing their debut smash hit compilation meganesian plates featuring bad motherfuckers like shugonos slam ross 1000 eastern distributor dj ali wake up neo fairy and dj big Guns! The very cool, very swag label has received acclaim by techno overseers, Hate, as well as Berlin Channel, The Brutalist. The first run of vinyls have already sold out, and they're already on their second run now, so be sure to get in quick, you absolute virgin his show has hosted many of the underground's hardest including dj ghost disgrace kate Zhang, homicide and crake and as a dj himself he's been billed alongside Degrade, cloudy coo damila caitlin medcalf dj Gowana, dj beverly hills rbi and more his skills are so nasty that he's been asked to make mixes for several institutions including big ting resonance speed and stasis shed and ram radio he's a busy Busy boy. But by Biaz Bub's buns, his hustle and bustle pays better dividends than my entire crypto portfolio. What am I doing with my life? my life? My life my I couldn't be happier to be chatting to this sensational individual tonight. My guest is none other than Lucky AKA Spider-Dog. Hey Lucky, welcome to the show. How are you going, man? Hello, <laughs> I'm so
1: good. That was the best intro ever.
0: It, Thank you. It, it was by far my most passionate. And I think um it reflects how passionate I am about what you're doing, because I'm genuinely <laughs> Uh, so enthralled by how much you do. Well done. Well done to you. Oh, thank
1: you very much. I appreciate it. I,
0: I, I do hope that you give yourself some time to not only relax, but also give yourself a pat on the back, right? Do you do celebrate yourself? Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Celebrating
1: myself often involves, though, like maybe ordering like $45 worth of Chinese food and playing Star
0: <laughs> for 12 hours. <laughs> So that's, that's the other side of my life. (laughs) Do you, uh, do you, well, I mean, I already do know this about, you do watch a lot of horror movies as well. We are both horror movie enthusiasts. Uh, I do. I do. Thank you so much for
1: your recommendations as well.
0: Of course. How was it? Like, um, I I know that you gave me your initial thoughts. Um, By the way, folks, we're talking about the Korean horror film uh, that has uh, truly uh, made me wet my pants. Uh, well, rather has traumatized me with one particular image, but it's called Gonjom <laughs> um, or also The Haunted Asylum. Please check it out on all pirating movie streaming websites. I mean, uh, legitimate movie streaming websites. Absolutely. Um, what were your thoughts on it? I know that you sort of enjoyed it as well. I loved it. I feel like it's like
1: um, basically, I feel like it's what Blair Witch could have been really because it was like Blair Witch, but we've actually seen a little bit more than just nothing. Did you not like Blair Witch? <laughs> I did. I liked it. I love it. But I feel like this one was a little bit more because, like, it had that terrifying little glimpse of, like, the occasional monsters and, like, the occasional ghost and Mm -hmm. just, like, a little bit of it. Yeah. Whereas Blair Witch, like, you never really got to see anything. I know in the original Blair Witch they were supposed to have, like, a second or two where you could actually see the witch, but Mm -hmm. they took it out for some reason. Really? I think because it it looked too low budget because I think it was just one of their friends wearing, like, (laughs) Some
0: white clothes. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw the that particular like one or two second frame on YouTube before I saw the actual original movie. Mm. And that was what made me think, oh wait, maybe I should check this out. Not because it it looks so horrifying or anything, but because um I'm I'm particularly scared of the unknown and mm. the things that I cannot see, the supernatural. Like um I think I was telling Disgrace about this before, but I I I don't find things like um <clears throat> Halloween, uh, Psycho, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I don't find them that scary because I know that it's a human. And you can fight a human, right? You know how you, know how you can defend yourself against one. Well, some people do. Yeah. Whereas a ghost how the fuck do i fight a ghost i'm not christian (laughs) i can't i'm not with the lord i can't defend myself against this unnatural being. but
1: at the same time do you not always watch those movies like particularly like the grudge and the ring Mm -hmm. and i'm like that is like a very like unhealthy person crawling across the floor towards <laughs> you, you can just kick them and run away. <laughs> what is the issue here? Or like, you can never watch <laughs> that fucking videotape in the first place. Why would
0: you watch it? Oh, true. I totally would, though. Come on. Of course you would. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, are, you, are you the kind of person that would walk into, well, walk towards scary noises in a haunted house? Is that the kind of person? Yeah.
1: Oh, well, I remember the most disappointing thing for me was at the start of last year, me and my friend went on like a like, a solo ghost tour of the quarantine station in Sydney, which is Mm -hmm. supposed to be, like, the most haunted place ever. And we even went into, like, the place where they used to, like, incinerate the bodies and stuff like that. And we were, like, oh, my God, it's going to be so scary. And then the entire time we were, like, this is just kind of a bit, like, pretty and there's, like, echidnas (laughs) everywhere and there's, like, a wombat over there. And so, like, everything was super, like, it's actually kind of just like a nice little walk now.
0: So, <laughs> it's, if there are lots of animals present in the house, you know that it's not haunted. You know it's not haunted. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah. Unless those echidnas are haunted, cursed echidnas. Well, we watch out for them.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's very, <laughs> very dangerous. <laughs> dangerous prospect.
0: Yes. What are your top horror movies that you think back on and you're like, "Fuck, I, I was really scared watching those." Oh. Because I think you have great taste. I think you have great taste.
1: Oh, I think the only one I could remember that like really frightened me a lot was not so much the movie, but um, the movie, I think it's the second Conjuring. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think the movie itself was like just like another horror movie, like, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of like, oh, my God, I'm so scared, <laughs> but whatever. But then um, at the end of it, when they play the original recordings of the, girl getting interviewed and the images and stuff yeah. that really scared me that made me very frightened
0: Oh, really? where it's like yeah
1: that yeah because i was like oh because you know it's always like oh based on a true story but then actually hearing the little girl like talking into the recorder with that weird demon voice i yeah. was like oh my god that's <laughs> horrifying when it comes
0: from your area janet do you feel anything in your throat no you just don't feel anything
1: <laughs> now, now i'm looking at janet no, it's not here. And the voice comes with her, but her mom's been nothing to help Yeah, I'm I know. Janet, can you tell when the boys are gonna come through you? studio? No, I really don't. You know who I am? You know
0: who my name is?
1: Yeah, I'm were, uh, were you a Christian? Uh, no! Yeah, you know it. What year did you got to remember? I got a plan. I got a
0: <laughs> well, do you do you think that the supernatural, well, let's say ghosts, spirits, possessions, demons, do you think that stuff exists? Oh
1: God, I don't know. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. I can see you
0: rubbing your arm. You got chills right now. No, I'm just thinking. I'm thinking,
1: about that scene. I'm thinking, do I or do I or don't I? And actually, I don't know. I think is the biggest answer Mm. i would like to say yes but i feel like if it was there would have been more kind of like um, documented evidence of it so far
0: perhaps perhaps there would have been or perhaps we just don't know where to look maybe it's one of those things oh very true very true. by the way meganesia fucking excellent i really like what you've been doing with this uh i'm actually surprised that it's been so recent as well the art that you did for your debut compilation, Meganesian Plates? Yeah. Oh. Where did you get the idea? Who how did you find that artist? Oh, I actually that's
1: um Jesse Vega. Um, they're like a digital artist. I saw them actually do some work for the 4A Center for Contemporary Asian Art in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they did kind of like a digital exhibition for them. And I was like, oh my god, this is like exactly what i wanted yes but yeah like i saw their work there and um they were like amazing and you know like i i was trying to get a little bit of funding to get some like a lot of artwork made and so then i approached the new south wales government funding body create new south wales and was like hey like if i support this like Younger emerging artists to make some art and some videos for this. Will you give me the money to pay them and pay them like a proper wage for? Yeah, it, not just like a little bit of like pittance here and there. Um. So that was really good, and it all came through successfully. No. Oh, wow. Um. But yeah, Jesse. Jesse's an incredible artist. Like, I'm so happy that their work has been so well received because I also feel like now they've started this like almost this new like genre of because I've seen a, I've seen a few other. Parties now, you said they very similar stuff. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're a trendsetter. You're a trendsetter. Not
1: to, not to name names, but I was like, oh,
0: cool. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all, that is the best blessing and the curse of being uh, first in line, I suppose, the trendsetter, because um, yeah, you are responsible for starting a new trend and uh, wh- whether mm. it's art or business or whatever, but it's the curse because you never get the credit for being the first person to do it. But now we're immortalizing this on the internet with this interview. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I
1: know. I feel like it was successful enough of a release for it to be like already got on there. So it's all good.
0: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. but um, just very curious. You were saying that, sorry, you mm-hmm. hit up the new South Wales government to give you money to be able to pay jesse jesse vegas invoice Mm -hmm. yes can you just do that for any artistic project is that possible
1: yeah pretty much like it used to be much more restricted but um now i think particularly in the recent years when like uh particularly like not so much governments but more like the people who work in the funding bodies have started to recognize the value and legitimacy of kind of like house and techno culture in australia They're more open to funding, things like that.
0: Right. So, it doesn't have to be part of, like, a round of grant applications or anything. You can just hit them up whenever.
1: No, it has to be part of a grant application round. But most places, like, um, I'm not sure about Creative Victoria, but I know that Create New South Wales, the New South Wales government one, definitely have, like, a quick response one where it's, like, just for really small amounts of money. And by small, I mean less than $5,000. But to them, that's small. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um just like small amounts like that, where you can just be like, "Hey, I need to do this thing mm-hmm. really quickly. Can you just maybe give me some money for it?" And it often works out. Um, wow. Actually, no, I take that back. It doesn't often work out.
0: But um- <laughs> <laughs> wait did you did you um, apply for the quick response grant or the traditional grants? <laughs> the quick response one. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Yeah. So you must have been pretty surprised.
1: Yeah. I pre- I- yeah. Yeah. I,
0: I, I write grants for my job, so I'm pretty good at it. Uh, I, see. Yeah. I see. I yeah. see. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, See, this is the stuff that we need to know. What are the tips and tricks to be able to pull off such an amazing debut like Meganesian Plays? How when did you start working on this? Because uh, I saw that you have a run of vinyls and mm-hmm. I know that vinyl production right now is backed up to the fucking Mm T. When did you get this all going?
1: Um, It's been in the works for a year, almost a year and a half now. So it's been a really long time coming. Yeah. Because I wanted to make sure it was done properly, you know. I didn't want to just like randomly chuck some stuff out there and see where it landed. I wanted to like work on building the community around the label I wanted to make sure I gave everyone enough time to make their tracks. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that the artists had enough time, the visual artists had enough time to make their work and to also make those little animations. Yeah. You know, also just make sure that I was getting to know everyone properly as well. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't want to just suddenly be like, Bleh. <laughs> Here's a release.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Wait, but didn't when did you start Meganesia then?
1: Mm, Meganesia, it originally started with something with another friend that I was working with who's now like kind of departed the scene almost completely, I think. Oh. Yeah, like then I developed Meganesia into like I wanted to start the radio show and then start the releases and stuff. So you know, I think like I properly started really hardcore working on it from maybe like July last year until now.
0: Right. Okay. So you'd already Yeah, but
1: before that I was just discussing stuff with people.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And talking about vinyl stuff and things, like yes, vinyl production is really backed up around the world, but I'm working with a vinyl cutting plant in Newcastle. Oh wow. That's Newcastle cool. in Newcastle in New South Wales, I mean. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they've been really good, really responsive, really easy to work with, really professional. So, hasn't been that much of a problem with that.
0: And I saw you had uh, twenty-five uh, of each run as well. So you've um, for the for the people that don't know, um, the release on vinyl is being split into four different vinyls uh, with a set amount of the compilations tracks on each one. Um, it's interesting uh, that you've been able to get twenty-five. Um, different vinyls uh, with this cutting plant. I mean, because I know that if you purchase uh, amounts that are very small, the cost is often very high. Was that the case for you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty expensive. Yeah. But, but you know. <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah, like I think I'm selling them for like less than the price it was to produce them. But Really? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, that's because like, as much as I want to make, um, as much as I want to like break even and stuff like that, I hope I think I will break even hopefully, but I also just want to make sure that like um, the release, especially for the first one, is seen as very legitimate mm-hmm. and that the artists get the most out of being part of this project. Yeah. And many of them expressed to me throughout the process of like getting to know them and developing their tracks and all that kind of stuff that it's like their dream to be on vinyl. So I was like oh, well,
0: I might as well just do it. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's spend an exor- exorbitant amount of money on this. Absolutely. Make your dreams come Yes, through. of
1: course.
0: <laughs> of course, of course. But also when you're only
1: selling like, um, I think I'm doing 25 of each run mm-hmm. and only selling 20 of each. Um, you know, people are very keen to purchase and have them because, you know, they're only going to go up in value, especially because Neganese is going to get so
0: huge. Like. <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> <laughs> get that hot Je- property and to be honest jesse jesse's art like i mean that is a statement piece mm-hmm. um you could really display this vinyl in your home and people will be like
1: whoa what is this it's
0: so yeah so know got <laughs> 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 that, that like framed
1: platinum record situation going on yes yes yeah yeah
0: so is your strategy if i'm hearing this correctly your strategy is uh lose money on the vinyls However, um, allow them to appreciate for community value um, in future, but then attempt to break even from the loss of the vinyls through digital sales. Is that correct? If
1: we're talking about financial strategy, I would say my financial strategy is to um, invest hard and invest early Mm. to make sure that it goes off with a bang. Yeah. And then in the future do less expensive things. But, you know, like I think I'm pretty certain Considering the sales so far, that it will be at least break even. Um, but you know, it's different for me. Like, because I used to come from the visual arts, and in the visual arts, like you will spend like maybe I'd say like, especially when you're first starting out, like two or three thousand dollars on a project and receive a four hundred dollar artist fee.
0: Right. And
1: that's and you have to do that like, I don't know, like 25 bloody times before anyone starts to actually pay you for your materials mm-hmm. and pay you for your travel and accommodation. Like all that stuff is never supported in the visual arts. And even when it is like, I think the um, the standard artist fee for a project is $2,500. That's like the general industry standard.
0: Right. Okay. Sounds
1: great. But you will probably be working eight hours a week for twenty five weeks on that project. So wow. you, you know, like you're you're kind of like, um, uh, like hourly rate ends up going down to like something something oh, abysmal. Jesus so, Jesus, so even at the moment when I'm coming in, being like, "Yo, I broke even. Like this is sick. <laughs> like that's to, that's totally fine for me." Right, well, like. No, yeah.
0: honestly, I think breaking even is the goal for a lot of us in the arts. Absolutely. Oh,
1: yeah, hugely, especially in Australia.
0: Like, I'd actually like to get your perspective on this. What do you think, uh, you know, running Meganesia and running Meganesian radio, running having Meganesian plates as well, what do you think is the state of hard dance and heavy music in Australia right now? Like, do you think that it's growing or do you think that it's just been the same throughout? What do you think has happened? Well, I think it's interesting, like, we,
1: I think uh, Australia actually has a really important history and culture of this kind of music, Mm -hmm. um, which is, like, not necessarily often acknowledged so much. I think it's often, like, almost quite, um, it's been sidelined a lot in recent years by, like, the upswing of, like, um, really cool, like, selectors and tastemakers and stuff that want to make them all kind of, like, 125 bpm techno the like italo disco like really down tempo electro deconstructed club stuff like the vibe Mm -hmm. but you know like we had in sydney like the huge like one of like the biggest rave scenes in the world for a really long time and then we have like the other great labels here like obviously we've got nas and bluten um we've got um bloody not nas and is that right bloody fist records um, Shitwank Records, Passenger of Shit, obviously is like the leader there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's always been like huge amounts of this kind of stuff here, and those people are much like they're kind of like our elders in that scene, and they're kind of some of the only people that are still keeping it going. Right. So it's not just it's not to say that this is a new thing that's happening here, mm. but there has been a big upswing in recent years of people becoming more interested in that kind of sound and that kind of music which I think is a little bit of a um, swing back from that really cool um, techno era, especially in Sydney that we had for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, and I am very aware that, like, in the future, there will be, uh, probably not that far away, there will be a swing back, again, away from a hard dance and back into, like, more kind of, like, evolving, groovy techno sets and stuff like that. But I don't think it will disappear completely.
0: Why do you think that we've had an upswing back into hard dance?
1: Um, I think that, hmm, I think obviously like everything we do is kind of like following what Europe does, unfortunately, but I think (laughs) um, there's been a big rise of it over there, Mm. which is cool, Um, but now we're doing that over here as well. But I think also a big point of popularity with it is that um, after... I feel, I feel like everyone always talks about this, but after the pandemic and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. people are very ready to have fun at the moment. Mm. You know, people want to have a good time. Like when you go to a party, like I feel like before the pandemic, I'd go to so many warehouse parties and stuff and it would just be a bunch of frigging guys in North Face jackets, like with a cigarette, just being like, yeah, yeah, I've got this release. This is like that, like, you know, special press from 97, blah, blah. And it's like. God damn, so boring. (laughs) Like, we're here to have a rave. What's going on? (laughs) And now I feel like, and now I feel like people are getting back more to being like, let's have a good time. And I think Mm. the biggest signifier of that is the rise of popularity in donk music. Really? Because I feel like donk music is like the funnest, like most anti cool music that there is. 100%. And the big upswing in the popularity of that, I think, is a Really strong signifier that people are a bit tired of just being like, not, I don't want to speak for everyone, but you know, I feel like a lot of people are a bit tired of like, um, being super cool all the time. Mm. I think a lot of me and my friends are saying that 2022 is the year of the cringe like, embrace the cringe, be the <laughs> cringe, have a good time.
0: I am cringe, but I am free. That's the exactly, that's the exactly. model we all need to
1: live. Exactly, exactly. That's
0: that's an interesting analysis that you've got there, especially even relating it back to um, this uprising of Donk. Um, Mm. I am not that aware of Donk's history or existence. Well, actually, no, I'm aware of its existence. But is it an old (laughs) genre or like um, is this a new genre that's completely come up out of nowhere? Because I've never heard of it before.
1: Um, It's not new, but it's not like ancient. Like, it's not, like, it doesn't have, like, a super long history. Um, And there's been, like, some stuff around for a while, but I think, I guess it comes out of, like, the happy hardcore era, like, in the early to mid-2000s and stuff like that. There's definitely some Donk tracks in there before it was really called Donk. Um, (laughs) But I think, like, recently this particular, like, um, reworks of, like... uh, Pop songs and stuff mm-hmm. like by people like big Global leaders like DJ Pew2, Lobster. I thought his name was Lobster B, but people like it's Lobster, but I don't know, like, whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> and then obviously B. in Melbourne, in Melbourne as well. Um, no flashback rave committee, Donk World, they're mm-hmm. really great. Like, Speed just ran that whole donk party as well. Like,
0: Speed did an exclusive donk party? Wait, was this the one that you did with, um, uh eastern distributor and degrade, uh sorry rather dj guana those people no 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 um
1: speed speed bpm the party that's run by cloudy Coop.
0: oh w- wait really that was yeah that was yeah don't theme party yeah
1: they did an exclusive dump wow i didn't yeah yeah, know yeah, that. yeah yeah they're doing a trance one this weekend i believe yeah they're doing it on friday
0: that's so interesting that's so interesting yeah the trance revival i find has been very understandable because i feel like it's nostalgic like um a lot of people it is very
1: nostalgic yeah
0: yeah had a, had a lot of like their greatest years in electronic music when they were growing up and like getting into it via trance and like trance it's the most euphoric of of the electronic spectrum you know and so how what what better genre to be able to release all of your emotional frustration than through trance and also hard dance but i mean <laughs> the line between trance and hard dance is very thin as well isn't it
1: definitely definitely well a lot of the time when people hear the word hard dance they just think hard trance Mm
0: -hmm.
1: which I think is also like kind of where it came from in the beginning really but you know like trance is super fun but I think um the issue with trance recently and the issue that is also coming out with hard dance is now that um like I was saying before people wanted to start listening to it as like an anti-cool thing Mm -hmm. but trance definitely became very cool very quickly yeah. and now i feel like hard dance is also becoming very cool and very fashion very quickly yeah. in fact it already has become that really yeah which is it's frustrating to me because i'm like it was supposed to be fun this was <laughs> supposed to be about fun what are we doing
0: <laughs> you will you normies came in here and ruined it for You're, everyone
1: like i'm like no i don't want to Oh
0: anyway. Well, I mean <laughs> we I think think it's a, no, 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 really. <laughs> I I think it's very interesting that um what the scene like when the scene tries to counter the culture with like something anti cool, like for example, Trance or Donk, um you notice that very quickly it becomes cool. You know? It, oh yeah. it's almost it's almost a catch twenty two in a way. Like you want to be not cool, but then you become cool by being not cool, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's- it's very it's a very difficult thing to try and not do but the thing is i lucky i Mm. think that you are astoundingly cool because you're clearly very passionate about electronic music and you do a lot of cool stuff but how did you get into djing from the get-go like where did this whole journey start for you
1: it's a long it's a long time coming i guess like i've always been really really into um obviously like electronic music and rave culture and stuff I guess I entered, like, the kind of underground warehouse and alternative scene in Sydney when I was quite young. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was involved in, like, running parties, helping set up, like, uh, raves and stuff like that all the Mm -hmm. time from when I was, like, 17 to, I'd say, like, 23. Wow. And then I started – yeah, then I started – Going into, like, I was curating a stage at a small music festival. Oh. And then I started, um, I bought a pair of decks or someone and just started trying to work out how to play. Also, the most annoying thing, anybody who's, like, an emerging DJ, you'll have so many annoying people come when you're trying to learn how to mix and try and tell you you're doing it the wrong way. Don't listen to them. Just do it the only way that you want to do it Mm. and whatever works for you. That is my biggest tip because, oh my God. Oh, seriously, straight boys, like, get out of my face. Anyway.
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, anyway. You, you want to be using the course because uh, it, it actually allows you to have more control. Oh themselves. my
1: God. Like, leaning over your shoulder and like twiddling the knobs, and then you're like, I'm not even using that channel, you idiot. Can I be honest anyway.
0: with you? Can I be honest with yes. you? Yes. I was one of those boys. Yes. I was one no, of those boys. Jay, 100%. No. 100%. Okay. Because people would be coming around, they'd be like, Jay, can you teach me how to DJ? I'm like, well, fuck, if you want me to teach you, I'm going to teach you my ways, you know? I'm not going to let you ride on your own. That's that's my rationale behind it. <laughs> okay, let me just make a memo. Jay is cancelled. <laughs> Jay is a straight fuckhead. All right. No, please. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, continue, but you know, con- you know what I'm talking about. I but, do. Um, but, yeah, then I bought a set of decks, which I actually still have to this day, Ooh. amazingly, yeah, 900s, 900, I always call them nine fifties. God damn, um, they are the powerhouse of the CDJ, in my opinion. But um, why, why yeah, but I bought those just because I've just because I've had them for so long, and they've <laughs> been submerged. There's an emotional bias They've though. been submerged in water twice now, and they still work. Mm, okay, cool.
0: Yeah, so you got
1: these. Um, yeah, and then I started like just teaching myself. Um, seemed to go pretty well definitely when i first started playing i was playing some absolute train wreck sets but you know i was having fun should have listened to the straight boys (laughs) oh my god no it was more just like it was more just like having all these tracks that you wanted to play but they're all from completely different genres yeah and then trying to mix them together and, and like not just from different genres but like completely different tempos like <laughs> 140 to like 180 and trying to put it together like oh my oh God Christ <laughs> only female yeah. wizard can do that oh my god no it just it just wasn't working but I still had a really fun time but um you know then I guess I started playing a bit more I guess I only really started seriously committing to it when I moved to Melbourne in 2019 because mm-hmm. before it was still just kind of like I was more focused on visual arts and I was just kind of having fun when I was DJing. But then when I moved to Melbourne, I was like, I guess I decided that I actually liked doing it a lot more. And so I focused more on that. And then, yeah.
0: Was there, was there a turning point where that, where that decision came up in your head where you were like, actually, I'm going to pursue this a little bit more than I was before.
1: Yes, because um, I still wanted to be able to have, a creative outlet and a part of my kind of like i guess professional life if you want to call it that that was more creative and more involved in like a community um rather than kind of like my general arts worker office life which i find kind of stifling <laughs> um my boss doesn't listen to this um but and then <laughs> oh, okay and then um I, uh yeah that obviously like i realized that um, my visual arts practice was number one draining my bank account and number two burning me out hardcore. Yeah. Um, and so I decided to focus on doing DJing, which was, or not even just DJing, but being more committed, involved in the electronic music scene because it's so much more rewarding to me at the time, and it still is actually.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well what do you find most rewarding about it now? Because you've got Meganesia, you've got this compilation and you're doing events now. What's the best part about what you're doing?
1: What's the best part? God, there's so many good parts. I don't even know what to
0: pick. What's the worst part?
1: Um, What's the worst part? Yeah,
0: lay it on me. What's your hot take?
1: Oh, Cloud Wars. I would say Cloud Wars. Cloud Wars. Thing. Clout yeah, Wars. you could interpret that as you will. But Cloud Wars are annoying. Um, um But... Wait 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 wait,
0: best- wait 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 wait, yeah. wait wait Before we get to your best parts, before we get to your yeah. best parts, we can't we can't just talk about clout wars and then just you want the team. You want the team. It. So 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 clout wars. <laughs> when you say clout wars, mm. how was that embodied in the scene? Like, tell me what its physical representation actually looks like to you.
1: Oh, um, I guess it would be like what I was talking about earlier with the the cool factor. Mm-hmm. Like, only behaving in a very certain way, Um, being, like, quite reserved, taking um, images that are, like, very on trend and, like, following trends very intensely, Um, trying to be, like, um, I've noticed now that, like, um, as I'm doing the label and stuff, people will kind of Upload things and make it look like they're associated with the label mm. when they're not really at all. Yep. And I find that very frustrating um, because I'm not working with them, but they try and make it look, look like I am, and I really don't like that.
0: Do you don't you um, don't find that my reposts give you give you that impression? Do you?
1: No, 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 not at all, not at all. Well, like if, um,
0: if they do, just let me know. Tell me off. I mean, like, me smack.
1: I mean, like people um, will. Up, okay, there's been a few people who, like, upload something and say they're recording a mix for me when they're not. And I'm kind of like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting into some more good parts of stuff, I think being involved in, like, the really good parts of community, um, mm-hmm. building new friendships with people I wouldn't have met before who I've ended up getting along really well with, mm. that's really fantastic. Um, I guess um, being part of something socially and creatively which is really fulfilling that many people enjoy that um you know you put a party on and like heaps of people come and they have an amazing time and you end up having these really great experiences with people that's the best part of it
0: 100% 100% are you um considering your experience with events in the past hmm. are you considering doing events yourself
1: um i am i definitely am i do feel like at the moment there's an oversaturation of events in both Sydney and Melbourne. Okay. Like, because I feel like after COVID, not only is there a huge amount of events that were postponed, which are now taking place. Mm, yep. Um, all the, there's a whole bunch of people who are now like, you know, the pandemic's over. Well, it's not over because there's like you, tens yeah, of it's thousand cases today. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but lockdowns are over. So people are like, you know, like, let's do it. Let's throw events and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like there's a huge oversaturation. So I want to wait until there's a lull and I can put on something really big. You
0: think, like, in the winter months or something? or?
1: Um, Yeah, well, winter months, then you've got all the big festivals to compete with, like, you know, Vivid and Dark Mofo and all their side shows. Mm. I'm thinking more towards the end of the year. Okay. But um, because Meganesia is supposed to be, like, by its name and by its concept, it's supposed to be big and um, I guess a little bit obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to do something, like, big and obnoxious for the first big event.
0: Yeah, what have you got and planned? I, will... I feel, oh, I feel yeah, like yeah. you got schemes.
1: Oh, I good, I good, I I can away. Don't you
0: worry. Oh, uh. I hate teasing. <laughs> I hate I hate it when you tease me like that. Come on, lucky, please, please.
1: <laughs> but it will be, it will be, it will be very. Um, over the top of the obnoxious, so don't worry about that. Okay, don't you worry.
0: I'm looking forward to it. It's probably going to be at home. The venue, isn't it? If we're talking big and obnoxious. Oh
1: god, no! It has to also have good security. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I don't want any. I don't want any of that. beers you know, yeah. it also as like a queer as a queer person, it has to be like a place which is going to be friendly to those people. I don't want a situation where I get people being gross and
0: weird. Absolutely. I I have a question for you. I was talking to a um, head chef about this in um, last week's interview. Um, Mm -hmm. You were talking about Cloud Wars and you've also talked about community involvement Mm -hmm. um, as being the polar opposites in terms of your best and worst things that you love about the scene. Um, Obviously you love Cloud Wars. Um, I'm putting words in your mouth there. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I want to talk to you about the merit of a DJ Mm -hmm. in the scene versus the merit of a person. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. In terms yeah. of being a DJ or being a producer or being an artist, mm-hmm. there are certain elements where uh, people prioritize this when they think about someone's merit. So, um there's skill, uh there's community involvement, there's uh you know, social interactions, there's uh you know, even social media. Um when you think about a an artist's merit in the scene in this local context, What do you think are the attributes that you'd focus on?
1: Mm, I definitely focus on their skill first Mm -hmm. Um, and then my own personal interactions with them as a secondary. I don't like to take other people's word for interactions because sometimes people can be trying to just destroy someone out of their own personal uh, gripes. 100%. Which I found a lot in the past. Um, personal merit is also like very important, but, you know, I feel like people often want to book like big community leaders and stuff to be, um, heads of like headliners at events and stuff like that. And I understand that. And I know that this has been a topic of conversation recently about that, like community involvement and stuff, mm-hmm. but I feel like that's can be problematic if you prioritize that because, you know, some people are introverted. Some people um don't have enough wealth that they can't be working like three other jobs at the same time as DJing. Yeah. They don't have the capacity to be constantly running community events. They don't have the capacity to put things on because they don't have the funds to make it happen. Um, you know, some people might have like uh issues with like anxiety and depression that make it so that they can't constantly be that person that's always up the front there. You know, at every party, saying hi to everyone mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Some people are. I'm one of those people, which is very beneficial for me. <laughs> but I'm very aware that, like, a lot of my other friends aren't, who are also very talented people. Yeah. And so, I always try and prioritize the talent first before the other things. But having said that, I don't, <laughs> I don't like to work with anyone I think is a dick. So. <laughs> But that's a personal, a personal level thing. Like if they've done something or said something to me, where I'm kind of like, Ugh, "Well, that's a bit weird." Let's, um,
0: <laughs> let, well, let's talk about this because uh, Head Chef yeah. and I were talking about this as well. Um, where if it's down to uh, skill and personality, right? Mm. So you said that you view skill as the first and most important aspect of this whole entire charade. Charade. Mm-hmm. So. I put a hypothetical to him and he wasn't able to answer it, but I want to put it to you because I feel like you'd be more decisive about this. Yes. Let's say that you have two individuals. Uh, One of them is uh, good as a DJ um, and you've had positive interactions with them. And they also have a pretty good rap sheet uh, in terms of interactions with other people in the scene as well. Then the other individual is Kind of standoffish, a little bit dickish as well, kind of not known for having great interactions in the scene. However, they are incredibly talented, perhaps even one might say a revolutionary <laughs> level of artist. So, again, okay, okay, okay. And you also know that this individual, the second individual, uh, if you let's say you were booking for an event or something, um, would most likely attract more ticket sales. Who are you picking between the two?
1: Okay. If it's the first off, I would definitely pick the second person. Mm -hmm. And I would probably give them a few chances to, you know, kind of come around a little bit. Okay. Because I often find people like that can be seen as very standoffish and dickish, but they're just maybe a bit shy or they're a bit anxious about themselves in the scene. And so they don't want to seem like they're too, um, you know, they want to be cool, like we've we've been talking about. They want to seem like they're cool. you know. It's just, like, you got to give people a few chances still. But if I gave that person a few chances and then they were still being, like, especially if I gave them, like, headline slots and, like, took really good care of them or was, like, really friendly and made sure they felt really supported and they were still kind of, like, what is this? Who are you? (laughs) Then I'd be, like, no, you're done. I want to deal with this. Yeah. Because otherwise it just gets tiring. And I'd much rather support someone who's like super fun to hang out with and have involved in your event or label or whatever. Yeah.
0: I think that's a good approach. I think that's a good approach. But you you know what that approach also sounds like to me? What?
1: I can change him. I can change him. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. I will change I this can- person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can change him or them. I can change them, but it's a it's a three strike policy. Three so, strike policy, okay. Three strike policy. That's pretty generous. You get three chances, and then you know, then you are out.
0: All right, all right. Uh, people who are out there and have a uh, D, de- diva, D, them personalities, just know that uh, Lucky will give you three chances. Three chances, <laughs> and if you fuck up. Three times in a row, you're out of here, buddy. You're out of. Unless
1: you're super mean or super psycho, the first time off. Otherwise, then it's out. You know, you say something super sexist or homophobic or racist, mm-hmm. then it's a one strike policy.
0: <laughs> excellent, excellent. Yeah, <laughs> I think that, no, I I truly think that's a good approach because uh, one of the one of the, I wonder if this is okay to say. Yeah, fuck it, it's okay to say. Um. One of the nice things about your approach is that mm-hmm. you give them the chances, but if they do turn out to just be an absolute asshole by the end of all of your uh, pleasantness to them, mm-hmm. at the very least, you've squeezed a lot of ticket sales out of them <laughs> before that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Bring in very that true. Cash, it's babe. a
1: great, it's a great, uh, it's a great consolation prize. I lost. You know, I didn't make a friend, but I did make some sales. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love
0: that. Could I sound like I sound like I have some like Toy Story approach now? <laughs> it se- it seems like um, you know, uh, do you think that there is at all a trend? And uh, this, is, this is just more of a fun sort of question and not really anything serious. Mm-hmm. But do you think that there's a trend of people who are into hard dance or like, you know, very heavy techno or like darker genres of electronic music, do you think that there's a consistent trend with them being somewhat troubled or having troubled paths entering into this space? Like almost lordy in a way.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think so. I wouldn't say that. Me watching The Dark Crystal when I was younger makes me have a troubled past. <laughs> but, um, no, I don't think. I don't think so. I think it's also like um, two sides of a coin. I actually was just in another interview earlier discussing this, um, where they asked me what where my passion for. Oh, what did they say? Where my passion for hard techno and hard sound comes from? And I said, like, you know, as a Gemini, I can have two answers to that question, so I will give you two answers. Um, The first being that, like, growing up as, like, a, a queer person in Australia, as that's now, like, quite accepted or, like, even, like, you know, I walk down the street and, like, every bloody place is, like, absolute vodka, be yourself. Mm -hmm. Oh, American Express, be yourself. I'm, like, okay, girl. Um, But, you know, growing up as a kid, it was, like, definitely not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I still have, like, a lot of, like, um, distress and, like, I guess trauma from, like, all the violences, both physical and emotional, like, growing up as a queer person in Australia. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, um, hard dance music is almost, like, a very therapeutic um, vector to like uh, exercise that kind of feeling Hundred percent. I think that's more of a kind of like deep um, emotional response to the question but on the other side of the coin um, you know like I just want to have fun I just want to have a fun time and go out and you know listen to some really cool crazy wild music and get really stupid with a bunch of people that's kind of what I want to do I want to have a rave baby it's a rave you're, um,
0: <laughs> you're very good at this Gemini thing. You're very good at yeah. this. Am I speaking to the real you? I'm always wary of that when I ha- when I speak to Gemini's. I'm like, I, I, are you are you, you right now? But the the I know that the real answer is that everyone is you, every bit yes. is yes yes
1: every bit every bit is this. every bit is me. It just depends which what I want to be at that point in time. <laughs> um, but but yes, I do think that that is a very Valid question to ask. Then mm-hmm. a lot of people who are into that hard dance stuff do have a lot of like trauma and stuff because it is very, um, it is almost like a trauma exorcism mm-hmm. to be like to be shaken with that kind of bass and then have those like big euphoric chords and all that kind of stuff. It's a very intense experience of music, and so yeah, I think you are right. But I would say that both of those sides of the coin are legitimate. Some people are like that, and some people are just like.
0: they need the hardest thing that they can get it's um yeah no i I think the reason why i asked that um Mm. you know aside from it being a fun question is also because uh i i found that that was a very big influence for me uh listening to like very heavy metal like when i was a teenager um yes a lot of like a lot of trauma a lot of like you know bad stuff happened in my life and then Mm. what better way to escape for someone that likes music than to go into the absolute depths that it can offer? Exactly. Um, And so that was sort of something that um, was supporting me and I thought maybe this might be the same for electronic music. Who knows? Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, Yeah, you better. You better agree with me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But... Let me ask you this. Yeah. If you are planning on events um, going down into the latter end of the year, uh, if you think that the landscape is saturated now, mm-hmm. what do you think our future is in Australia or even just you know Sydney and Melbourne um, with this whole event scene now that we're reaching the end of our uh, utopian 2022 festival season? Mm. What do you think is going to happen? Well,
1: while we're ending this one, we're also... Let me think on this. I think while we are ending the summer season now, we're already just about to go into the winter season. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like I don't really see it ending anytime soon. And, you know, like I hope that um, people feel like they... Can go out more and do go out more. I don't really know what the future is. I need like an orb to ponder. But you
0: know, I reckon, I reckon it'll go one of two ways. Yeah. One, uh, people will be experiencing a massive depletion of serotonin after you know partying their guts out this summer season, mm-hmm. and then everybody is going to go into a collective depression. We're probably going to experience a new strain of COVID and then we're all going to go into lockdown and everything's just going to go to shit in terms of our mental health and our financial health and wellbeing, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's possible future. Number one for me, possible future. Number two, I think is actually a very ripe time for Meganesia to start uh, doing some club events. I know that you said that you don't want to coincide with vivid and uh, dark mofo, mm-hmm. but, is pretty good for, like, you know, CD underground club events. Um, Sub Club in Melbourne, great for that. I don't really know the Sydney venue scene too well, but surely there's some places that are almost, you know, Berlin Bunker-esque that you might be able to host something in.
1: There is, but I've got my eyes set on something bigger, so... <sighs>
0: <laughs> oh, I want to know. what I'm gonna is. keep teasing you. I no, want to no, know. No, I'm no, shaking no. the mic right now. I want to know. Uh, Let me in. Please. <laughs> 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 Absolutely. Um, but look, aside from all of this music stuff, um, yes, what's been going on in your life? Uh, I know that you said you got work. You've got all this Meganesia stuff going on. But mm-hmm. uh, what's been happening? How are you feeling?
1: Oh God. Don't ask me that,
0: and um, don't lie to me, you Gemini, you Gemini, uh, you.
1: Well, you know, I guess after all of the tumultuousness of the past couple of years, and the, I guess like we've been in a number of like um, knock-on disasters. Like people don't even think about the bushfires anymore, mm-hmm. and that was like also a huge, basically like a global event. Um, so I guess I'm, in general, I would say I'm very tired. Yeah, that's my biggest. That's my biggest. Um, way i'm feeling i guess like a general like exhaustion from everything over the past number of years and also having to like completely basically sideline my visual arts career which i've been working on tirelessly for like 11 years um and then switch over into more music was like a big upheaval and then have to having to like relocate from melbourne and all that kind of stuff I would say generally tired and I would say most people are also sharing that general sentiment Yeah, because it has been like a super crazy time and I've landed on my feet, thank God. But I know a lot of my friends haven't. And so, you know, it's pretty turbo and not in a pleasant turbo way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: apart from that, um, I think one of the most uh, interesting things about this period of time is before – my mind was so focused on strategically moving to the next stage of career points. Um, But now after the pandemic and after all these disasters, I'm more focused on just (laughs) doing whatever (laughs) and like letting whatever (laughs) happens come to you. And, you know, uh, with that kind of mindset, I feel like I could move to Byron Bay and write a book and then sell it at a local spiritual store. So, (laughs) What would it be about? What would it be about? What would um, the title be? Embracing your best goblin self. Be a giant <laughs> slob and just wait until something happens. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Probably that, really.
0: Well, it, it, it's interesting that you've had this because I think uh, mm. <clears throat> for it seems as though that people who were very career focused before the pandemic <clears throat> have, uh, have this realization that like, oh shit, I don't. I'm not necessarily like fully emotionally invested in what I've been doing these last few years. I should be doing something else. Mm. Whereas people who haven't been very career focused up until this point have had this other opposite realization of like, oh shit, I need to be doing something with my life, you know? Mm. And so it's quite interesting that you've had this, uh, sudden realization that like, oh, I just, I need to have my take my hands off the wheel for a little bit, you know? Um, Mm. do you feel do you feel better with this approach now, or I mean, I know that you're tired, but do you think that it's produced better results for you, uh, life-wise? Yeah, for
1: sure, definitely. I think also like um, it's been really important to. I think in beforehand, I would be much more focused on like, no, I have to work today, like I I have to achieve something today, like I have to like get to doing all this stuff and like do all this work. Like I shouldn't go hang out with my friends. I shouldn't go on that date. I shouldn't go to that party because I have to, like, you know, make sure I have to, like, be working, like, really slogging it out and then realizing that all of that can be completely destabilized and trashed by microbial, like, little fucking thing or something else. <laughs> um, Things that, like, you know, maybe you should just, like, take that time to just be, like, no, I don't want to do that right now. I don't want to, like, destroy myself doing another, like, God, 5,000 emails. mm
0: in a day, um, that's an exaggeration. But you know, you get it. Um, <laughs>
1: but
0: I mean, you know, knowing like, your work ethic, I think five thousand isn't outside of the realm of possibility.
1: Yeah, but like now, I'm much more kind of like, no, you know what? I'm literally just going to take an entire day to um, get the get the forty McNuggets special at McDonald's and
0: play Skyrim all day. <laughs> what? Are, so are you are you playing Skyrim right now, or is, are there any other games that you're playing?
1: oh uh, yeah, I was playing the. Ar- Arceus, Arceus, Legends, the Pokemon game. How was it? Was it good? It was fine. Mm -hmm. It was okay. I was a little bit disappointed, you know. It was, like, pretty fun. But then they just released their other open world game as well. And so I think that, like, Arceus was kind of like a test for it.
0: Oh. Because you could
1: tell, like, like, oh, my God, the graphics were so bad. (laughs) But... Like I, like, I wanted to like it, but, like, so often I was just like, oh, guys, like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like, I saw that meme that was like, um, I love this game so much, but if you told me this was a Roblox game, I would completely believe you and it was, like, a screenshot from it. I was oh, like, God. Yeah.
0: Oh, God. Wait, what about um, so Elder Scrolls Online? Have you been playing that? No, no. I don't like to play, like, MMORPGs online other
1: things because I to, you know, I have to talk to people, you know. It's <laughs> kind of like... That's what I run around by myself.
0: Uh, The classic introverted Gemini, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: I talk to people enough otherwise.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's fair, that's fair. Are you uh, mostly a fantasy-based gamer or do you enjoy uh, other genres at all?
1: Mm, I enjoy anything that has like a world to explore.
0: Mm, Yes.
1: Yeah, I don't really like enjoy, I don't really enjoy stuff where it's like... um, just like very, I guess, level based. Mm-hmm. Like, Linear. I guess I like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I really enjoy things like Skyrim because it's like you just walk around yeah. for ages and just like go and discover things. I don't like stuff where it's like, you know, at this level, um, go and find 30 things or go and shoot 30 things, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. Like, I really like things like Jack and Daxter and Ratchet and Clank oh. and stuff like that. Like, Jack and
0: Daxter. Oh, I spent. So many hours playing the playing those games. Um, was it Jack Three that I played the most about, most of, or Jack Two? It would have been Jack Three, I think. Um, yeah, they took out Daxter from the titles, and I was like, "Hey, <gasps> hey, come on, come on, he's his oh, best no. friend. He's his best friend. What are you doing? It's important, important character." Exactly.
1: <laughs> but also, there's the super early ones like the first Jack and Daxter and the first Ratchet and Clank. Mm-hmm. I was playing them last year and I was like, man, the soundtrack on these is sick. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like really cool, like, um, like kind of like trancey jungle and stuff. Like, oh, no shit. Okay.
0: Yeah. I might check this super,
1: out. Super, super awesome. Definitely check it out, particularly the first Ratchet and Clank.
0: Ratchet and Clank. Okay. The, first
1: Jack and, the first Jack and Daxter is a bit more kind of like, um, Bongo y and stuff. Yeah. You know. But the Ratchet and Clank one is particularly cool. It's like, interesting. got weird sigh and jungle elements. It's really interesting.
0: What was the first song? lucky in your life that you listened to that changed it
1: oh god
0: the first one where you were like my life yes before meant absolutely nothing i know
1: exactly i know exactly what it is and it was when i was very young
0: Ooh.
1: um it's called uh i don't know how to pronounce it but it's "Scene O" mm-hmm. by talifa McKenzie, mckenzie and it was on "Appearance." world music CD, actually, Ooh. that I probably listened to when I was, like, maybe eight. Okay. And if you listen to it, it's, like, a weird kind of, like, um, I think she's a Celtic vocalist. Mm-hmm. But it was back in this weird period, period in the early 90s where, um like, there was, like, a lot of those kind of world music musicians when world music was a thing, also like a very problematic yeah. name, um, but like
0: um, anything kind of ex- that's not by the big three <laughs> major labels. So. I know.
1: But also like um, <laughs> was like experimenting with kind of like uh, obviously like nineties rave culture at the same time.
0: Oh, interesting! It's
1: a really okay. it's a really interesting track. You should listen to it. Were
0: your your parents hippies?
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 And now their son is uh, one of the major heads of the hard dance scene in Australia. (laughs) Who knew? Who knew? (laughs) Excellent. Um, Lucky, I've had such a good time chatting with you. It's been so nice to dig into your brain and um, really understand the way that you think and how Um, you've gotten into all this i however speaking of getting into things really want to get into your mix that you've made for us here thank you so fucking much for doing that is there well rather are there any uh secret gems or wonderful little treats that you'd like to bring our attention to uh before we go into it oh
1: Um, well, I guess like there's a couple of tracks in there from the Meganesia release. Yeah. Um, the first one, the opening track is Body Traffic by DJ Big Guns, Mm -hmm. which is a really sick track. Um, then some other really cool gems in there. I think it's maybe the third track is one by, uh, one of my good friends, Feminist, AKA Lady Blacktronica, um, called Sacred Engine, which is one of the most turbo, (laughs) aggressive tracks ever it's so intense <laughs> it's and also the, the chugging in. of it <laughs> i don't know but it's the chugging of it is so similar to the chugging of a train and Ooh. like it's about the snow a train and stuff so it's really cool yes. and then also the closing track is an unreleased from another great like international instagram friend, techno cool who's a really she's only just started making music and the stuff she's putting out is amazing nice and the closing track is one of hers so
0: Enjoy, baby. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, Loki. Oh, man, this uh, this mix is going to be fucking fantastic. I don't often get really hard mixes on this show, so I'm so thankful that I came to you to ask you for one. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I hope you've had fun. Thank you. I have. Thank you very much. Of course. Of course. All right, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in to the very last episode of the Summer Season 4, Spinning Around on Area 3000. I am uh, going to be taking a break. Why? Uh there's a lot of reasons. I need to recenter my life, uh align all my chakras, uh go and, you know, and do what I need to do before I come back into this whole shebang. Um perhaps you'll never hear from me again, and it's totally possible. However, uh if I never if you never hear from me again, then uh, good luck to you wherever you may go. Uh do good unto others, do good unto yourself. Uh Do the best in whatever it is that you want to do. I know that's a very vague and easy thing to say, but really think about it. What do you want to do with yourself? Even if it's small, like I want to exercise, I want to be uh, good at this, I want to learn a new skill, or I want to be better at my job, or anything like that. Just do it as best as you can. Make yourself happy. Make the people you love around you happy. Enjoy the little things and create big things. It's uh, it's important to really appreciate every single moment you have here because you never know when it'll end. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning once again. You've been listening to Spinning Around on Air Three Thousand, playing Spider Dog, right now. All right. It's all done.